You are listening to the Central Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Hi, I'm Pastor Adam Burton, and thank you for tuning in to this week's message. Before we get to it, though, I would love for you to join us for Church Online each Sunday morning at 1045. You can watch on our website at cbcmaysville.com or on our Facebook page at Central Baptist Church. Also, if you are local, we would love for you to join us in person each Sunday at 1045. We are located right on the banks of the Ohio River in the east end of Maysville, Kentucky at 437 Central Avenue. If we can pray for you, reach out to us on our website at cbcmaysville.com or on our prayer hotline. That number is 305-707-PRAY. That's 305-707-7729. I hope you enjoy this message. Several years ago, before we had... uh, before we had children, Jess and I uh, kind of typically we, we handle vacations this way uh, on the spur of the moment. Uh, if anybody knows any good places for a spring break next week, please uh, let me know. Um, I'm willing to go pretty much anywhere. Uh, but uh, but uh, even before kids, we, we decided in the summer we were going to take a, uh, a trip up to Washington, D.C. for the 4th of July celebration. And it was... Um, it was fun, DC. I love going to uh, to our nation's capital, and uh, there it was uh, to to be able to 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 be amongst there uh, in the midst of all of that history. At the time of our our nation's birthday, it was it was a pretty special thing. Um, but we weren't the only ones that decided to to go. If you ever um, have been up there at the Fourth of July, the the National Mall uh, is packed to uh, just shoulder to shoulder with. Um, people that maybe you like, uh, most of the time you probably don't, uh, but, but uh, you kind of lose focus of all of that when you start to see the, the fireworks shoot off around the, uh, the Washington Monument and the Lincoln Memorial and, and the Capitol grounds, and it just leaves you in awe of the specialness of the occasion, uh, but also the, the sheer power and might of the United States of America. Before, earlier in that, the day, we, we, we took to the, the, the streets there, I think it was uh, probably Pennsylvania Avenue uh, right there, uh, to watch the, uh, the 4th of July parade. And, you know, we all experienced different parades. We had, you know, the Christmas parade here. You can go uh, different larger cities and see different kinds of parades. On Thanksgiving, you turn it on and you watch the Macy's Day uh, parade or the, the Rose Bowl parade during, uh, during bowl season. But uh, the, the 4th of July parade in Washington, D.C. is a little uh, different than many of those other parades where when you go and you st- look to see the big balloons that are, are flying, you know, Charlie Brown and Snoopy and, and uh, Mickey Mouse and, uh, and all of the, uh, the, 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 the fanfare, the favorite cartoon characters. But, but the, the 4th of July parade is, is a little different in the fact that it is uh, more to to celebrate our, our, our country. And so you have uh, bands from all over the, the country that come and they play their patriotic music and, and you'll have different veterans groups that will come and they'll be in, in uniform and they'll be marching down, uh, down uh, the, the street and, and you even get to see some of the, the, the military uh, 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 fanfare with regards to uh, um, uh, the, the, the different types of of armory that uh, would exhibit, and and you're watching this parade, and you're you get a glimpse, just a, a little a glimpse of of one what 
has led us to, to be a, a beacon for democracy for, for, uh, for centuries, but it also kind of leaves one in awe of, while we know that this is not the full power and might of the country, that something special is taking place. <laughs> it is a, a time where, you know, it, you, you, you stand behind the, the rope lines and you, you don't venture into the, the street for if you're caught in the wrong place, you, you know that quickly you are uh, going to be detained and because uh, something special is, is taking place. But when we think of the power, prestige, and and fame that one might think of in a, a great national uh, celebrity, whether that, that be someone from, uh, from a government or a military life or even in just a, a pop culture. You know what? How would we compare that to, to Jesus? How would we compare the how we think of power and fame and prestige today. It's all about, you know, having access tends to be the more powerful you are, the more celebrity status that you have, the more closed off that you are from, from just the average person. And sadly, we've even seen that infiltrate into, into the church where we have now some pastors that, that instead of being amongst the people, they have a, a green room behind them and they're escorted with security in and out to a, a, a driver in a car waiting for them. And that way, they're only able to, to be able to associate with uh, the, uh, those, uh, um, you know, that, that tend to offer them something. And imagine you're, you're in the presence of, of the president, you know, and, and I, I don't recall back then seeing the, the president uh, come down that parade, but, you know, what he, he's just not a, an average person just walking down the Street, no, you would be in the, you know, the, the armored uh, uh, vehicle, the beast, I believe is what they, what they, they call that, the Cadillac that is um, decked out with bulletproof uh, uh, armor all the way around it and enough secret service agents to, um, you know, to, to make a, a police force seem uh, like nothing. And, and, and you don't have access to the one with, honestly, tends to work for us, Right? But Jesus, on the other hand, he rode into town in a parade of sorts, a parade that in some ways is different than what we would experience today, but in other ways is very similar to, to what we might think of one of importance. If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn with me to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11. Gospel of Mark, chapter 11. Today is Palm Sunday, right? It, it is the, the, the day the, that leads into Holy Week with which we, we have the triumphal entry today. And then on Thursday is the Maundy Thursday when Jesus is up in the upper room with his disciples sharing the Last Supper. And we know Friday is... Good Friday, where our Lord and Savior hung on the cross and died. And Saturday was silent. But on Sunday, Christ arose. But today, we're going to look at, at Jesus' famous 
entry into the city of Jerusalem. And by the very nature of his entry, the way that he he came into into the, the, the city of Jerusalem, he chose to arrive not in the beast, not in, you know, the, the finest uh, stallion that one could, could, could get, but a humble donkey. And in doing so, he revealed his mission and his purpose. He came to save. He came to save his people. First, for the Israelites, the, the Jews, those that are there laying their cloaks and palm branches on, on the ground. But he came to save, not by, by creating a, a coup to where he would overthrow the, the government, but rather he saved by surrendering his own power and embracing his death. See, Jesus is, he exhibited the ultimate power through his weakness. And we're gonna see that we too can do the same. For we are called as his followers to take up our own crosses and to, and to, follow, to follow him. So let's look here, starting in Mark chapter 11, beginning in verse one, going through verse seven. And now when they drew near to Jerusalem, meaning Jesus and the disciples, to, to, to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and he said to them, go into the village in front of you and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied, one on which no one has ever sat. He said, untie it and bring it. And then if anyone says, why are you doing this? Say that the Lord has, you know, you cut out the rest of my, there it is, need of it. <laughs> oh, I got you. Need of it. And we'll send it back here immediately. And they went away and they found the colt at, tied at the door outside in the street and they untied it. And some of those standing there, they said to them, what are you doing, untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let it, let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus, and they threw their cloaks on it, and they, and they sat on it. You know, I was uh, reading through Facebook, oftentimes you'll get those uh, um, they're not really articles, but they, you, you think that it's an article, but it's just some type of uh, uh, just leading you down a, a rabbit hole. But I found one of those, and it ended up coming on a, a survey that was done by uh, the, the website Career Builder. And in this, um, in this survey that was, was done, it was based on the weird requests that were, were from uh, their boss. Now, has anybody, you know, those of you who have, have a boss, anybody ever had a a, a weird request that, that you were uh, re- required to do. Um, in fact, in, in public office, we see that um, politicians have lost their jobs for giving weird requests to their subordinates. But, but here, I found some, some interesting ones that I pray that none of you have ever had to experience. One was, 
was tasting a dog treat. Another one was, was fixing a cell phone that had been dropped in a toilet. I think I would take that one straight to the Apple store. <laughs> this one, I think, beats it all. Removing a dead raccoon from a truck. <laughs> Those are some, some odd requests. But I want you to picture yourself in the, in the shoes of these two disciples. And I find it interesting in self that the disciples aren't named here. They're, they're, Jesus doesn't give their names. I don't know if they didn't want to bring uh, you know, um, any attention to them themselves. But, but he says, he sends them to go find a donkey. All right, now, okay, wait, and I, uh, what, what good is a, a donkey for? But, but it's not just any donkey, right? It's a donkey that has never been ridden. <laughs> Can you imagine what's going through? You, you want me to go find this, this, this donkey? What, one, what are you going to do with it? And why does it have to never be ridden? And, and I can imagine, you know, they're, they're talking, trying to probably, you know, maybe, you know, venting off some steam, like, surely, I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. And, and then they're saying, you know what, he's probably never going to know whether this donkey's been ridden or, or, or not. But, but what do they do? They, they go and they, and they find one. But why is it that Jesus specifies this kind of animal in this really untouched manner? What we see from the very beginning of Jesus' last week here on earth that he is in control of everything that takes place. You know, one of the the, the, the things that I, I just kind of wrestle with myself when we, we come to Good Friday. You know, it's a, it's a somber day. Day when we, we reflect on the, on the suffering that Jesus bore, not just hanging on the cross to his death, but, but, but the beating and the lashing that took place in the, in the days leading up to that. And, and it is just a horrendous scene of, of suffering that, that one should never experience. But one of the things that I, I really have to, to, to catch myself in doing is, is sometimes we feel sorry for Jesus. It's like, oh, poor little Jesus. Somebody would just step in and, and, and just and remove him uh, from that or, you know, these mean old soldiers. And, and yes, there's blame to go all all around. And we think that Jesus has lost all control. Right? He was arrested there in, in the utter darkness when Judas kissed him and taken into custody, stripped of all of his rights, stripped of his dignity, his clothes, and he was hung to die. But he was absolutely in control. He was in control when every whip of those cat and nine tails struck his back and tore off his flesh. He was in control when they, when they spat on him and when they, when they drove those nails into his hands and into his, his feet. He was in control when they mocked him, calling, if you are the king of the Jews, then come down. And he was in control. 
when he told these disciples to go get this unridden donkey as he came in this parade for people who would cheer him and some would jeer him. But he, he rode on this donkey in, in part to fulfill what the, the prophet Isaiah had, had said. And here in Isaiah, or it's like not Isaiah, Zechariah. In Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. And he's humbled and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I've you know, seen a lot of parades, explain some of those to you, but I, I don't think I've ever really seen anybody that's riding on this donkey down the, the, the middle of, of a street. And so why is it that, that Jesus would do so? Well, to fulfill the prophecy. He's doing exactly what the Jews accused him of, of doing. He's fulfilling all of the prophecies. So Jesus coming in on this donkey is a deliberate sign that Israel's king is coming with God, with God's offer of peace. See, the donkey is, is a sign of of peace, right? You know, a big stallion with, with a large fanfare would, would mean strength and, and might, but, but a lowly donkey, he's not going to run away from trouble. He can't really do much attacking. I don't really know what donkeys are all that good for. <laughs> but he came to offer peace. But in addition to that, Jesus was the son of David, right? And he was chosen by God to sit on David's throne. And then put yourself in the minds of these Israelites there in this first century, for they had longed for the good old days back when, when David reigned as king and, and Israel was great. And so what did the people do with this hope? Well, they lined the streets up and they, and they poured their cloaks on, on the street and laid down and waved palm branches. And, and now palm branches don't really mean a whole lot to, to us. You know, typically, it's, it's fun to see kids wave them in on, on Palm Sunday, on Sunday morning. But, but in the first century, Israel, the palm branch was a significant symbol of a military victory, which means that that these people, as they're waving the palm branches, they are expecting Jesus to be their political, their patriotic king. I mean, it would be almost like, like us at a Veterans Day parade, waving our little American flags. And they're shouting, Hosanna, which is not just a, something that we sing on a Sunday morning. No, it, it was a nationalistic cheer. It, was, it, it confirmed their expectation that Jesus came to be their political savior. And when they realized, though, that Jesus wasn't there to make Israel great again, many turned their backs on him. For we see in Jesus' 
His purpose is far, far greater than anything political, any type of earthly kingdom. For this humble servant came. He came to lay down his life so that you might live so that I might live, so that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will have eternal life. You know, if you had been a Jew living in Jerusalem at the time of Jesus, pretend you're there standing, lining the streets. Maybe you have your your children with you to let them witness this time of history or and then you begin to, to hear the rumblings going and like, I, I just don't know. This doesn't sound like what we want. What would have made you to reject or oppose Jesus? Is it because he, 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 he wasn't going to come to give us what we what we wanted. He, he, he wasn't going to come to, to bring a, a life of prosperity or stability. He wasn't going to, 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 to make our, the, the Israelite name great, or he wasn't going to maybe just even honestly make life easier. For the Jews had been under oppression for generations, and they longed for a Savior It's just their minds, what they wanted, their desires, sold themselves short. For they had temporary lenses. They just, they just wanted enough food to get them by for the day, whereas Jesus brings the, the, the living water, the bread of life, and you eat and drink of it. You will never thirst or be hungry again. But fast forward today to to 2021, what kind of expectations do we put on Christ today? Do we expect him to relieve us of this pandemic? Do we expect him to you know, to, to, to go down and to, to cause all of the, you know, our, our leaders that, you know, the decision makers on wearing the mask to, 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 to remove them or, you know, would they just magically disappear in the, you know, in the air? And, or do we expect that, that Jesus would, you know, that make life easier for us? Not in a way that, you know, we, 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 we kind of, Say where we, we want it just to be, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a piece of cake, but we wonder, why do we have to go through everything that we have to go through? Begin to think almost maybe as he turned his back on, on us, or do we see him as a kind of a genie where, you know, we, 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 we uh, you know, pray to him when we need something, when we find ourselves in, in a bad spot or we, we want to better ourselves or, or when we think of him as this power that's there to serve us or do we see him as the Lord who is worthy of our worship? 
You know, we, we saw in these people there on the streets as, as they laid down their, their cloaks and, their, and the palm branches along this, this path as a way to prepare the Lord, for they did not want him to tread on, on the dirt. <laughs> but in one way, can we respond to Jesus by laying down our own coats, our own, waving our own palm branches along his pathways that, that we can work in our lives to live to prepare the way for him. I'm going to be honest, there are times where I just pray that we could just be done with COVID and we can get back to normal. I'm, I'm tired of it. Tired of it. But I think we have a tendency to, to so narrowly view our focus because of what's right in front of us that we're not careful we can we can miss what Jesus came to do. In the midst of our trials, in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our suffering, that's where the true testing of faith is, and, and that's where we have the opportunity to grow as we prepare the way for him. I mean, as much as I enjoy coming in here to, to worship today, and we're going to do so next Sunday, but think back just a year ago when we're scrambling to figure out, you know, can we just put something good enough so that we can, you know, make it, make it just be okay? You see, as we prepare the way for, for the Lord, it, it's not based on, on our, our, our circumstances. For we, we have a Savior who has suffered far greater than we could ever suffer. He's experienced so much more than, than we will ever have to face, even on our deepest, darkest days. And as he's hanging on that cross, and he breathes his last breath, and he says... It is finished. What's finished? His life? Oh, but for a moment. When he cries, it is finished. No, it is saying that, that what he came to do is accomplished. For on the cross, he died the death that that you and that I deserve, but he defeated death. On that third day when they go and the stone had been rolled away for Christ had arisen. That is the king that we serve. That is the Lord that we devote our lives to, and we should prepare our way for him to return, for he will come. So may we not live for just the moment, as good or as bad as it may be, but may we live with kingdom eyes. So this week, what... This holy week, 
what are we going to do to acknowledge publicly, right, that Jesus is king? <laughs> what do we do as an individual, as a, a, a church? I think the part of that is to, to be what God has called us to be, to point others to him. And how are we going to let Jesus, the risen Savior, how are we going to let him define our life and use us as, as he sees fit? For friend, it's Jesus that paid it all. What's to him say? All to him we owe. For sin, they had a crimson stain, and he, what he washed it, washed it white as snow. Pastor Adam again, thank you for listening to this message. Do you feel God working in your heart? Is he calling you to be saved? Are you ready to follow Jesus? If so, we want to hear from you. Reach out to us on our website at cbcmaysville.com or on our prayer hotline at 305-707-PRAY. That's 305-707-7729. We want to connect with you to send you some free resources to help you to know what it looks like to follow Jesus. And I would love to hear your feedback on our sermon podcast. You can email me personally at adam at adamburton.net. And don't forget both our online church service at cbcmaysville.com and on Facebook, as well as our in-person service every Sunday at 1045. I'll be there, and I hope you are too. Well, I look forward to joining you again next week for Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. God bless.